First, if you have tickets, this concert is incredible and you are likely to love it as long as you set yourself up for success. I took my 10-year-old who is neurodivergent and my almost 13-year-old and her best friend, and she is neurotypical. And I definitely learned a lot of things, both about how to prepare for an event like this, as well as some things about just motherhood, mom guilt, presence, and joy. Welcome to the Create Beautifully podcast, where the potential in me honors the potential in you. If you're wondering if you can really change and truly find and live your purpose, then I invite you to let me be your accountability partner and for you to be mine. And together, we can explore with curiosity and humor what it is to create beautifully in every area of our lives and to take action to make that happen. So we went to the Taylor Swift Eras Tour concert here in Nashville on Friday, which was four days ago. And uh, we, we meaning myself and my two daughters, we have been excited and planning for this since February. Uh, it was a gift from my dad to my daughters for Valentine's Day. And obviously they needed an adult to go with them. And I was going to be that adult. My dad got them tickets and me a ticket, obviously. And he got my oldest, who's almost 13. She's 13 in just a couple weeks, so we're just going to call her 13 <laughs> because uh, it was very 13 moments. <laughs> very age 13 uh, energy around going to the Taylor Swift concert, so we'll just say 13 for the sake of argument. Um, but he also got a ticket for her to bring a friend. And the second the tour started, my oldest has been all over TikTok watching all the videos, she made a Spotify playlist that is the Eras Tour playlist, and we have been playing nonstop in my car. I mean, the couple weeks leading up to the concert, it was it was nonstop. We were playing it in the kitchen in the morning. We were playing it in the car, singing as much as we could. My daughter also learned all about the things that you yell in the concert. So there's some secret stuff that you yell whenever you're at a live concert, and she was training us all on that, and we were ready to go. I mean, they planned their outfits. My oldest knows how to rhinestone. Not that it's, I guess not that it's like terribly hard, but I don't have the patience for it, nor the eyesight for it. So she rhinestoned her friend's heart glasses, her friend's red heart glasses. She rhinestoned uh, my youngest daughter's shirt, <laughs> it was incredible. I mean, we were we were ready to go in case anyone in case anyone cares. Uh, my oldest daughter, Sailor, she was dressed as the Lover album. Her friend was dressed as the Red album. My youngest daughter, Holland, was dressed as Midnight's, and I was dressed as Reputation. <laughs> um, and we were all prepared to have an incredible night, and it was incredible in some ways and sad and hard in some other ways. And if you've listened to some of my other podcast episodes about my daughter, such as um, about my youngest, such as Honoring Your Season um, and the one where I had her on, there is the one where she almost died, but we don't really, I don't really get into her being neurotypical in that one. <laughs> Uh, and this is the first episode where I've actually used the term neurotypical. And the biggest thing that I realized, y'all, 
is that she is neurotypical. Oh, sorry, neurodivergent. <laughs> Hello. Um, is that she is neurodivergent. So um, my oldest is neurotypical, meaning her brain functions pretty normally. Neurodivergent means your brain operates differently than most people. So that could be autism, that could be um, ADHD, something like Asperger's. So it's where your brain doesn't, doesn't operate quite as normally as everyone else. And there's a lot about my daughter that does function pretty normally. So it it's been hard, I think, to just kind of say, yes, neurodivergent. She does, she does have anxiety. She can get, she can get pretty anxious in certain situations. Uh, she talked about them on the, um, the other podcast where I had her on as a guest. And I, I believe she has ADHD. She has not been diagnosed as ADHD. Um, we were talking about going in and doing some more testing, but we haven't booked that yet. And ADHD is pretty hereditary, and I'm pretty sure I have it also, and I'm going to test this year, although I haven't done that yet. But um, I think the biggest thing for me at the end, the end of this concert and really thinking about it of the past few days is really realizing that she that she's neurodivergent. And I think had I given her that label, which... I'm not a huge fan of labels, except for where they're really helpful. And I think had I given her that label beforehand, had I really said, you know what, and and said this to my husband and said this to my parents, um, they're that's kind of the adult situation here. We've got me and my husband and my folks live about 10, 15 minutes away. So it's it's our it's our two little families that hang out all the time. Um, so I think if I had really said you know what, we're really dealing with her and she's and she's neurodivergent. She's neurodivergent and she has anxiety. Um, and, and in there is also probably some sensory stuff, which could be the sensory stuff could be what lends itself to the anxiety or the anxiety could lend itself to sensory overload. We're not sure. Kind of chicken or the egg, which comes first with that. Um, but we know these things and we thought we had put things in place. And I think what happened is we were overly optimistic and we didn't put a real plan in place. We kept saying, you know, I think she's going to be okay. She's older. Um, it's outdoors. We had seats. We had good seats. We were in, not the floor, but we were on the first level and we had aisle seats, which is hugely helpful <laughs> with neurodivergent and sensory issues and anxiety. I like an aisle seat, y'all. I do not like the middle. It freaks me out. I feel kind of trapped. Um, so we did have aisle seats and she was just so excited and we just figured the energy of her being there and she could stand up and she could move and she could yell. You know, some of the things that has had us have to leave situations before, such as maybe going to see, um, going to see when a Broadway play comes into town, we've had to leave before. But that's also something where she's sitting the entire time. You can't talk. You can't really get up and move. And, you know, we were like, oh, she can dance. She can sing. Her sister's there. Her sister's friend is there, which is the coolest. She was part of part of the older crowd, which is one of the top goals of a younger sibling, I feel like, is to hang out 
with the older sibling in their crowd and we were dressing up and um you know we were we were really we really all of us all the adult and I say we and I talk about me my husband my mom and my dad and I we were all really optimistic and I think uh that was that was cute of us <laughs> I think that was cute of us um and there are a few things that I would have put in place to have a better time. We stayed the entire time because it's because I had two kids there. I had a neurotypical kid and a neurodivergent kid. And the neurodivergent kid got set off almost immediately and I think had anxiety off and on the rest of the night and was pretty unhappy the last hour of the show and wanted to leave but I was the only grown-up there and my 13 year old and her friend were having the time of their fucking lives so it's like how do you balance it when you've got one kid in your lap crying that she wants to go home and the other kid who's been planning this and thinking about this for months it was a gift from her grandfather and she's losing her mind at how excited she is what you what what do you do <laughs> here in cue the cue all the mom guilt in here um so i think if you have a neurodivergent kid or if or if you're just if you're like i don't know if i have a neurodivergent kid but my kid does have trouble in certain situations or seems to get anxiety or seems to get overwhelmed i'm going to give you some things that i really wish that we had done uh, some things that I have that I've learned and will change going forward. Um, one, she she doesn't want to go to a concert at all anytime soon. Uh, and I do have tickets to see Pink in the fall, which I'm very excited about. And I had tickets for the three of us, and she will probably not go to that. And I think she will be fine. And I will be fine too. And I don't say that in a, of course I'll be fine because she won't be there to cry. I say that, I say I will be fine that she won't be at the pink concert because of this. Part of the reason that I didn't have someone come pick her up or figure out a way for her to leave earlier is because I've also seen her in situations where if she leaves early due to anxiety or just some type of, some type of neurodivergent reaction, she will really regret it and kick herself and even question herself even more. What's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? How come I couldn't stay? And I really didn't want that. I didn't want that to be the thing. You know, I couldn't, yeah, I went to the, you know, turning around telling all our friends, I went to the Taylor Swift concert and I couldn't stay. I didn't want that to be her story because I've seen her have stories like that similarly and she feels awful about them. So it's really hard to make a decision. Um, and I'm bouncing around a little bit. Uh, okay, but let's let's get into the plan a little bit. So have a plan for each kid, whether that is a neurotypical or a neurodivergent kid. So Holland being neurodivergent and having anxiety and possibly some sensory stuff 
we talked to her a lot about it and you know we said it was going to be crowded but she'd be able to dance and we we basically just figured she'd be good and everything that i'd read about sensory kids went completely out the window and i forgot about everything so we showed her a map of the seating and that's it and what i should have done is get photos try to have photos of what it would look like either from our seats or just try to find some type of concert that had been at Nissan Stadium before, get pictures of it, show her what to expect, see what her reaction was. How do you like this? Does this look like something you'd like to be a part of? Um, Also, I think it would have been really helpful to ask other people, hey, what is Nissan Stadium like when it is packed? That's where the Titans play. So what is it like when there's a super duper popular football game going on? Obviously, I'm sportsy. Um, you know, wh- what is the experience like walking in? Is there is there a place to walk in that's more crowded? Is there a space that's less crowded? What, what you know, when should we get there? Where are the exits? Where are the entrances? Hey, anyone who's been to a really big concert there, what would you suggest in terms of, of arrival, in terms of leaving? And I say all this because the biggest issue we had that I think was the just flip the switch for the rest of the night, we got there early. We got there a lot earlier than I wanted to because I was really afraid of traffic. And I think that would have been another question to ask people. Hey, who's been to Nissan Stadium when it's jam-packed? What is the traffic like getting there? And the general buzz is that it was going to be awful. So we left early. The openers went on at 6.30. My plan was to not even get there until about 6.45 so that we could go in after a big chunk of the crowd so that we wouldn't have to be in the stadium for as many hours so that maybe she could last a little longer because there we wouldn't have as much time in the actual environment. What ended up happening is we parked at just after 5 o'clock <laughs> walked over to Nissan Stadium, and we were in the doors by 5.40, maybe 5.40. It wasn't too bad getting in. Right when we walked in, we got waters for everyone, and then we decided, let's just get to our seats. We'll just get to our seats and sit down. And we were on the first level when you walk in, and so we started walking to our seats And, you know, you have to pass kind of each section to get to your seat. I should have even just gone into one section and walked and just walked through all the chairs. That probably would have been a better option too. Hi, hindsight's 2020. Instead, what happened is we walked for at least 15 straight minutes in a sea of people, like dangerous levels of crowds. Like, had someone said the wrong word, we all would have been trampled to death. Um, Just, you have no space between you and everyone else. You are jammed up against people. We couldn't tell who was trying to walk, who was in line for merch, who was in line for concessions or the bathroom. Some people were just standing there in line, and some people were trying to move, and we were trying to figure it out, and we were all holding hands. Every once in a while, someone would try to cut through us, and then I would yell at them (laughs) that they had to wait till we all passed because I had a kid with me. Um, And, you know, she's, she's little. She's short. She's 10. So everyone is towering over her, and 
she did a good job getting through. She did not panic in the crowd, but it was really, really getting to her. And maybe I should have picked her up. Um, I don't even know if I could have like picked her up well in this crowd, but I probably could have made it. I probably could have could have made it happen. Um, so I could have picked her up. I could have gone into, and these are, you know, if you have a neurodivergent kid, here are some tips. Pick your kid up if you find yourself in a big crowd. If you are walking to your section and it is still far away, just enter, just go in the damn stadium, arena, whatever it is, and just walk, walk over all the seats. Just walk past all the seats and get yourself there. Um, when we finally sat down, and it was six o'clock. It was 30 minutes before the openers. And Taylor Swift didn't go on till just before eight o'clock. So we were in the stadium itself for five and a half hours, which is a lot for a 10-year-old neurodivergent kiddo. The bonus-ish is that um, I at one point we got up to use the restroom and check for merch, I think. And I realized, and I'm sure this is the way it is at a lot of stadiums, I realized that there's it, there's an entrance right in front of where we sit. There are entrances all around the fucking stadium. Like entry one, entry two, entry three, entry four. And I saw it on our ticket and I didn't really... I didn't really think much about it, but it was literally right in front of where we were sitting. I mean, we came out of the stadium, walked through the hallway, like passed through the hallway, and there was the exit. So the bonus is that I was able to tell my daughter, hey, there's an exit right out there because she sat down and she really started to panic. And the panic was really coming from her anxiety over what had just happened And then realizing that, or at least thinking that, we were going to have to do that again to get out. And so it just felt like she was trapped, completely trapped. It felt like I can't have fun in here because I know that getting out is going to be a horrible nightmare. And I can't be present because I know that leaving is going to be the worst thing ever. So when I found the exit... I brought her out and I we found someone that worked there and I was like, this is open, right? Like we can get out. And he said, yeah, yeah, this is gonna, this is gonna be open when you get out. And and she felt a lot better about that. Um, but I think that took a lot out of her. I think just the stress and the anxiety of that and really thinking about that. I don't I didn't find that exit to about 45 minutes to an hour after we were there. I think the anxiety of walking in that crowd and then sitting and really thinking about it was really freaked her out. And I think that really just flipped the switch for the rest of our our experience. And I wonder, it doesn't matter, you know, I, I try not to get stuck too much in, you know, what could have been, um, would have, could have, should have, right? Taylor Swift song. Um, but I do wonder if it had been easier to get in if her experience would have been better I also think the other thing that we should have done so one if you're if you are taking notes at all uh, one would be to to prep them to really prep them to show photos show them what to expect and then to find out about entrances exits traffic 
uh, things that can make things easier for your neurodivergent kiddo who may take in sensory information at a heightened level. Um, and then I, I, the other thing that we should have done is either just gotten my husband a ticket and drove separate separate cars, which we've done with certain other events before, just drive separate cars, knowing that it might be too much for her. So we could have just done that. Hey, let's just be safe. Let's get a ticket, sit down, enjoy it. When she wants to go, you just go in the end. And that would be really nice. Um, the other option, you know, if you don't want to buy a ticket for someone that just might leave, is just to kind of have someone hanging out nearby in their car, read a book, listen to a podcast, go to a local restaurant, just kind of stay nearby, even if it's a, even if it's a few hours. Um, my husband, we had, we had definitely arranged like, hey, if you need me, call me and I'll come get her. It's about a 35 minute drive, um, depending on, you know, when he would have had to get her. It could have been, you know, 40, 45 minutes, depending on traffic, but probably like 35 minutes or so. Um, and my husband had come home that night, y'all, and was like, I don't feel great. Uh, I have a headache and I'm nauseous. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> so that's the other thing going through my head. So I'm in this Taylor Swift concert, 13 year old and friend losing their damn minds, uh, 10 year old losing her mind in a very different way. And I'm like, okay, uh, one, I don't want her to regret leaving. Two, my husband's home sick. Like, do I need him to drive an hour or more round trip for this? Um, and and she would occasionally bounce back. So we'd go to the bathroom or we'd, or we'd get a snack and take a break. And then she could go in for again for a little bit. And so it was hard to make a you know, a complete decision. But I think had we had some of these other things in place, having to make the decision would have been a lot easier. If we had someone right outside, it would have been like, you know, do you just want to go home, kiddo? That's fine. You know, and or if we had figured out how to get in with a lot more ease, I think that would have would have helped also. Um, yeah. And so it was it was it was hard too. And then before I get to kind of my next my next point, um, I want to mention also, so we 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 left. I did make my 13-year-old and her friend watch the last song from the top of the stairs because I was like, there's no way that my youngest is gonna survive this if we wait until the last song and then leave. I was gonna just say, hey. She and I will be straight out the exit. You guys just come out. And then I was like, this could take 45 minutes. This could take 30 to 45 minutes. And then my daughter and I are just out there. And it wasn't cold, but it was cool. I was like, then we're just out there being cold, waiting for them. And so I was like, you know what? You just got to come to the top of the stairs. And she was pissed about that. The friend was great, <laughs> but my daughter was pissed about that. Um, and so she still did get to grab confetti. If you haven't gone yet, make sure you stay and get the confetti. Make sure you get all 10 colors of the confetti for all 10 albums. <laughs> um, so we did that. And then my oldest was kind of, um, she'll probably never listen to this episode, but she was giving me some teen, preteen, teen attitude after the show and on the way home. And I was like, I have no idea why you're giving me this attitude. You just had the best fucking night of your life. Like you need to chill out. And then there I was turned all the way up to 10, 
with my youngest, just trying to be like, how do we mitigate a meltdown? How do we make it to the end? You know, at one point when it was really clear she wanted to go home, I mean, the show had had 45 minutes left. By the time my husband got there, it would have been over in 10 minutes. So it was like, it wasn't even worth it at that point. And so then you just have to hang on for 45 minutes to an hour. And that's not great. And had we planned for him to be nearby or been at the show, it would have been a lot easier. Um, But yeah, so I was, I... There were times where we all sang, and there were also, but I was just on high alert for how she was doing. And so my oldest was giving me attitude, and in the car she was giving me attitude, just kind of walking in front of me the whole time. And then finally she got home, and we were all getting ready for bed, and it's like 12.30, and she just said, hey, I'm really sorry that I've been rude. I was just really sad that you weren't in there for a lot of the concert and your favorite songs. Okay, so cue mom guilt level two. So mom guilt, first of all, was, wow, I didn't plan nearly as well as I should have for my neurodivergent kiddo. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I, I basically was just like, she's fine with her friend, I'll deal over here. Which is, which is fine and acceptable, but we were, I was out of the stadium for a decent amount of time with my daughter, with my youngest, in and out, just kind of talking to her, giving her breaks. Um, and so I missed one of my favorite songs. <laughs> to be fair, it's only become my favorite song since we've been listening to it in the past couple months. Um, but it really, it really made my daughter sad that I wasn't physically present to sing along with her, to sing along with these songs that we'd been singing in the car together for two months that we'd really just been talking about and anticipating. And she had her experience with her friend, but she didn't have her experience with her mom. And I do think the friend was probably the more important one in this moment. Uh, And and I say that because, you know, it was... They're friends. Obviously, her relationship and her experience with me is important. But I just, I what I'm, ugh, what I'm trying to say is, out of the entire show, she probably only needed me for a certain percentage of it. Whereas, you know, she needed her friend to be there with her and present with her for the whole show, which they were, which is awesome. But I'm sure there were certain times that she really just would have liked to have me there. Certain songs, certain things we talked about, and. That felt awful. I felt awful. I was like, oh my gosh, we've just been gearing up for this for so long. And then I I wasn't there. I didn't plan for this one properly. And that made it so that I couldn't be present for the other one properly. Um, and I have talked to some friends and I've talked to my husband and I have prayed and I have um, released some of this. But there is there was some really intense sadness and guilt and honestly grief I had to it wasn't you know it wasn't like days or weeks but um I had to let a let go the idea that I had for this really beautiful epic experience with my daughters and their first concert and their first concert being this fucking epic of a concert um and I just thought it was just going to be magical and amazing and there were pieces of it 
they're, they're, all of it, I think, was pretty magical and amazing for my 13-year-old. Um, there were pieces of it that were cool for my younger child. And she even said to me through tears at one point, she said, this is really cool. It's just a lot. It's really cool. It's just a lot. And my heart broke. Um, and in releasing some of the uh, expectation, postpartum, <laughs> postpartum style releasing expectation, um, and looking back on it, obviously I've said a lot of things that I would do differently. And you know, I think my biggest regret is that my daughter has an experience you know, a negative experience that I could have mitigated for her. Um, and yeah, and there's a whole other thing about your kids have to have hard experiences, but y'all don't right now. That's where your brain is going. Um, and, and the other thing that I really was thinking about after, after the fact is, you know, I probably could have found more joy and presence with my oldest and with just the concert itself, like with just the music and just being there than I did. I was basically 90 or 90 or more percent um, caught in my youngest, which makes sense. You know, she was having the hardest time, Um, but I was caught a lot in that experience and I think I could have also said to myself you know she's safe she's in your lap nothing bad is happening to her you know look up at your other daughter and smile and sing you know tap her like tap her on the arm when a song comes on and be like ah and start singing you know and I'm getting a little emotional even saying that um because I didn't think to do it I didn't think to do it, and it would have been a way to absolutely create beautifully in the moment. <sighs> um, but I and I and I repeatedly told my daughter, you know, my neurodivergent daughter, "You're safe. You're okay. You're safe. You know, it, you feel overwhelmed, but you're safe, and we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it to the end." And once we got out of there, she was like a happy camper walking to the car. She was like back to normal. <laughs> She's like, do, 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 do. oh my gosh, even walking back across the bridge, uh, we walked across this bridge that connects um, Nissan Stadium to some other parking lots and the rest of Nashville. And the bridge was crowded, but you had space to walk. And she was like, you know, I don't even mind this crowd as much because there's space around us. And she, yeah, she was out. She just felt so much better being out, which lets me know that had we had a better experience getting in, she wouldn't have thought so much about getting out and it wouldn't have freaked her out so much, um, which is really unfortunate. But but I do think there's a part of me that could have said, okay, she's in your arms. She's, you know, she's crying, but she's safe. There's nothing harming her. This is a beautiful night. People are singing. People are training bracelets and giving her bracelets and some of her favorite songs were coming on and you know, just singing along or maybe trying to get her back in the moment a little bit more. And really, like I said, just, you know, looking at my oldest and just being like, oh my gosh, we're here, ah, you know, and, and bringing some presence into her. Um, so 
I would suggest trying to find some joy and some presence in moments like this as well, because they are available. There was, it, it felt in the moment like it was hard to find things to be grateful for. And I, and I know intellectually that it is rarely hard to find things to be grateful for. Um, and it felt hard. It felt hard in them in the moment. And I think, um, I could have been really grateful that my oldest had her friend with her, thank God, because if it was just the three of us, then my oldest would have had a really shitty time. Um, but yeah, something for your neurotypical and then setting up success for your neurodivergent is, is something to really think about and to, and to just take it seriously, to just take the neurodivergence seriously. And, you know, best case scenario everything is good. But worst case scenario is that you've planned for it and you've prepped for it and you're okay with it. And we just kind of went in like, I think she'll be good. I mean, we had our headphones, you know, we had, we had headphones and, um, we were, my husband was on call, just not nearby. We had some other things. I also would have brought some warmer clothes. (laughs) Would have brought her some long pants, which she refused to bring and didn't really fit in my purse. But uh, I'm not going to blame that on her. Um, But yeah, I have a plan for each kid to have the best time possible. Check out where you're going beforehand. Get photos. Find out car traffic flow, people traffic flow, entrances, exits. um, And find the joy. Find the joy and the presence in the moment and take it because you can't always get it back. (laughs) You can maybe create another, you know, experience to try to, to try to fill it in a little bit. You know, we were going to make bracelets and go back and just trade bracelets with people outside and watch from, watch from the bridge. Um, The, not the next night, but the night after, but then it stormed so we couldn't go. Um. But that still doesn't take away, you know, the experience being what it was. And it's okay. And it was a learning experience for sure. Um, And just know that you can't do it all and you can't be it all. And if, if you are going to an event with a neurodivergent kiddo, Decide how much the event is important to you and decide how much the event is important to others that you be there or be present. Try to figure that out. Because, for example, if we brought my husband, he doesn't care too much about about seeing Taylor Swift. So he could go, he could be present for the neurodivergent kiddo. He can leave with the neurodivergent kiddo. Not a problem. And then me, I was, you know, off and on. Um, I'm, I've become more of a Taylor Swift fan throughout all this process, but obviously my 13-year-old was the huge, huge Taylor Swift fan. And it would have been fun for me for sure, just for me personally, to sing along to these songs that I knew and to watch the show, which was incredible, and to really just enjoy the energy and the aliveness of the evening. And then for me and my daughter to have an experience together more of an experience together would have been great as well. So kind of take a look at like who can who can take a little bit of the fall, 
who's willing to kind of cushion some of the blow if if it comes to that? Um, and how okay are you if it's you or if it has to be you? And if it if it doesn't have to be you and if it's important to you, go back to uh, go back to step one, have a plan. <laughs> Put a plan in place. All right, y'all, I hope this has been helpful. For those of you who may be attending Taylor Swift Eras Tour or any other type of large event with a neurodivergent kiddo. And if you have anything you want to share, resources, thoughts, you can always DM me on Instagram at Liza Hippler. Thank you all so much for listening. Parenting is such a huge component to creating beautifully. When we are present with our kids and we are able to be there for them and raise them well and love them well, it just feels so, so, so good. So go hug your babies, love them well. And when it comes to parenting, create beautifully.